The theme. The blue skies. The puffy clouds. The first Goomba. The first super mushroom, fire flower, and star. The panic you felt when the timer fell below a hundred. Each Koopa castle. The princess not being there. World 2-2. King Koopa before he became known as Bowser. The bizarre boss known as Wart. Those very precious one-up mushrooms. The leaf power-up and the ability to fly for a short while. Warp zone. Warp whistles. These are some of the many, many memories one might have playing the first few games of Nintendo's most well-recognized franchise. It began 30 years ago, when the character known as Jumpman from Donkey Kong got his own game and was given a brother who was decked in green. The brothers Mario are still going strong three decades later and show absolutely no signs of stopping. This is how we'll begin Season 5 of Downloadable Content, celebrating this fun franchise that'll continue all year long. Naturally, though, one must start at the beginning. It's the start of the ultimate nostalgia trip for many of us. So let's go down the warp pipe. All this next on Downloadable Content. I am Brian, and with me we have Ron. Hello, everyone. We have Reed. Hello. And out from cryogenic stasis well before E3, we have Sir Joshi. Ahoy, hoy. Oh, he's changed his greeting. He's gone from hello to ahoy, hoy. Oh, damn it. I've <laughs> listen, listen. Last this. time we had that happen, we had like five million lawsuits. We're not going to deal with that bullshit anymore. I don't want to do any more takes, guys. Like, no! But yes, we have the start of Season 5. Thank you all out there on the wide world of the internet for listening. Hope you enjoyed your holidays. Hope you did a lot of gaming. Hope you got a lot of games. I, I know I certainly did, which was very surprising to me. But before we get going... Let's get the mandatory plugs out of the way. Downloadable content can be found on iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher. You can get a hold of us a variety of ways at Facebook at facebook.com slash dlcontent, on Twitter at dlcontent, on Tumblr at dlcpodcasts.tumblr.com, and of course, you can always email us dlcontent1 at gmail.com so all the different ways to get downloadable content into your ears basically it's on the internet yes very good <laughs> very good Joshy how astute of you to make that observation what is this internet you speak of uh, ask Al Gore well it involves trucks and tubes and- and in, and everything is up there in a million pieces. So, 
I don't want to be turned into a Wonka bar. <laughs> oh, why not? <laughs> because okay, totally, who broke that, the that internet? Like it's way to go. It's chocolatey goodness. Oh, well, whatever. So this is the Sonic episode, right? That's why I'm here. Yes, I, I, although you know, to, I have I've watched you and your trials and tribulations with with Sonic, especially the the more recent games. It's both great and the worst part of my life so far. <laughs> what was it? You bought like like Sonic 2006, and you're like some idiot paid for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did two weeks later you posted Sonic and the Seven Rings and Sonic Unleash or something like that? The werewolf ones? Like somebody had bought these for me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm on I'm on Adventure Two at the moment, but I've got those games to come up. And somebody some asshole recently told me that the Wii version and the PS3 360 version of Sonic Unleashed are pretty different. So I'm going to have to play that game twice. <laughs> oh, jeez. My understanding was Sonic Unleashed, the daytime hour one actually wasn't bad. The nighttime one was one that was sucked the ass. Last, last thing about Sonic, though, is, J- Joshi, why are you doing this exactly? <laughs> so I, I recently moved into a house with one of my friends, and I made this innocuous uninformed comment about seven years ago that I thought Sonic games all sucked. And the one game I picked was Sonic Adventure, based on opinions of other people, because I had never played it. And he held a grudge and is now forcing me to play through every Sonic game. And the irony is, I actually really liked Sonic Adventure. Womp womp! (laughs) So, when I complete Adventure 2, I think I'm halfway, but then it just gets really bad. Then you'll have to go through all of the Game Gear games. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm only playing through the console games. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll let you know how awesome Sonic Boom is. Okay. Once, once you've blown your head off, then, then, then come back to us. Yeah, but this is all. This is Mario, so I'm gonna steer this back across the console line war. (laughs) Before before the war even began. Before the war even began. Oh yes, definitely. I mean, we are. Before there was a Sonic, there was a Mario. There was a Mario. Yes, but there was a time when Nintendo ruled all, and it was you know for five year old me who could never get past, like, World 3 of the original Mario Brothers. This was, a uh, This was interesting. And, you know, I never really beat these games until I was, you know, late teen, early adult, because, you know, five-year-old me, the sheer difficulty of these games back then. So, so what's the, like, round-the-group... Who's completed which games? Because I've only ever completed Mario One. I have oh, beaten. Man. I have beaten um, all the ones we are going to mention today, except for Lost Levels. I haven't completed Lost Levels. I've completed the first one. I completed the very bizarre second one. Did not complete the third one, and of course, um, uh, Super Mario World. Oh yes, that will be uh, on the next the next part of 
uh, our Mario celebration. We'll get into the Super Nintendo. I've beaten Mario 1. I've beaten U.S. Mario 2. I've, I have a story for Mario 3. I will save that. I will save what happened for my Mario 3 play. Please do. Um, and I've beaten Super Mario Land. God, I, I really saw Oh, right. I forgot about Land. Yeah, so... Uh... So we're going to dive right in. I mean, for many of us, I know that for me personally, Super Mario Brothers 1 was the very first video game I played. And for a lot of my friends, this is also true. I mean, Mario was very likely the first game that this is what introduced you to video games. And, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. That's the end of the episode. No, um... F- <laughs> I, 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 don't I, I don't know how... I, I literally don't remember playing a game before Mario 1. I don't know how an NES and Mario 1 got into my house, but it's the first game I remember playing. Memory serves, you someone correct me on this, I'm pretty sure for the US console, for the US release of Nintendo, the NES, they packaged it, it with the console itself, uh, one controller or two? I think it's two controllers. Yeah, I think that was still back in the days when Nintendo was extremely generous with their... Uh... Yeah. I think, it was, I think it was two controllers. And then you had the ray gun, too. The zapper. Then, the zapper, yeah. And, it, and then you got a cartridge that was both Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. Yes. And obviously, was... Duck Hunt right. was the better game. <laughs> <laughs> and now you can play as the Duck Hunt dog. But anyway... um. Yeah, I think the very first video game I played was actually on a Game Boy. So I think my intro to video games was Tetris, followed quickly after that by um, Mario Land. That's also not surprising. I mean, I remember getting my first Game Boy when I was six. So, I mean, that wasn't far behind. So Yeah, not at all. Super Mario Brothers 1, and you know, 1985... You know, it introduced, as we all know, so many of the things, so many of the ideas that would basically become part of just about every single Mario game in the franchise. Like the power-ups, the mushrooms, the stars, the fire flower, uh, fucking Princess Peach. So hang, hang on, is... <laughs> I, I know there's the whole Peach and Daisy thing. Is Peach actually in the first game? Yes. She's referred to as Princess Toadstool. Princess Toadstool, but, yeah. But that yeah. is Peach. That is Peach, yes. Okay, so who is Daisy? Daisy will get to. Okay. Daisy made her first appearance in the Game Boy Super Mario Land. Right. So, so that will, we will get to in the second half. But yes. Daisy, Daisy is not from the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, oh, of course. We've all seen the movie. Different... Different land, different princess. Yeah. So, you know, you had, you know, the idea of Princess Peach getting kidnapped by Bowser. Well, at, at the time, he was called King Koopa. Mm-hmm. That was the story. Uh, the idea of the eight worlds. Nintendo loves that number eight. And of Didn't course... Didn't uh, Koopa also not have hair at that time? No, he did not have... He just had... Pixels. His spike skull. He had pixels. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, this was 8-bit gaming. You couldn't get that fine level he, of detail. He didn't. I don't think he had hair, but I'm pretty sure he had the spike shell. He did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. 
He did, and he had, you know, anytime you got into that, that boss level, that, you know, World Dash 4, you know, you could always tell you were getting close because, you know, you could see the, the, the fire flame, the, the fire jets going across the screen. And then you either had the option, once you finally reached him, to either, if you, had the, if you were st still had the fire power up, you could fireball him to death... Or you could jump over or under him if you were, you know, if you timed it correctly. Jump on the, you know. You wouldn't think. You wouldn't think that you'd be able to fireball to death a giant creature that breathes fire. Y you know, you'd think that, but you know, again, five-year-old me didn't care. It was just kill it. <laughs> Soft underbelly, Joshi. Soft underbelly. Eight worlds, and he didn't well, think to not stand on the bridge. Let's be honest, this was a world where also you ate the mushroom to get bigger and flowers made you hurl fire and you were jumping on walking mushrooms hey, that's and everyday turtles. That's so. true. Yeah, that's true to life. And grabbing a star makes you invulnerable for about 30 seconds. Accurate. The science yeah. checks out. Yeah, I mean, and the bushes and the trees are the same. The bushes and the clouds are the same. It's all a lie. And, you know... The, the the one world I mean there were certain worlds levels that really stuck out you know you had the first underground level you know 1-2 because suddenly you go from this bright cheery you know blue sky you know happy you know doo -doo 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 -doo, and then you're under <laughs> you're underground and suddenly everything's dark blue and brooding everything's dark blue and brooding and you know you, you have the first warp zone right off the bat in that level and, you know, warp, the idea of a warp zone. You could suddenly advance several worlds into the game. Don't say you didn't always do that as a kid. Sometimes I did. So you, you mentioned 2-2 two, two in the intro. What was remarkable about that? Underwater. Oh, that level. That was the first of the underwater levels. Where you'd be, you know, okay. and, you'd, and, you know, at, at when you're five, you kind of wonder, even, you know, then, you're like, how can he breathe? Because, I mean, yeah, now, again, going back to Sonic, you know, even Sonic had to get air bubbles, otherwise he would drown. Mario apparently had gills, you just couldn't see them. <laughs> or surprise in water. Of course, it, it also just simply begun Nintendo's terrible history with terrible water levels. Yeah, yes, because you had the jellyfish that would sort of follow you around, and then anytime you swam over a pit, your speed would just drop tremendously. The different well, that's, colored that's, fish. Yeah, that's, that's actual platform water physics. That makes perfect sense. Oh, yes. I mean, again. And of course, spinning fireballs underwater. Why yes. Yep, the spinning fireballs underwater. And as as you got later and later into the game, the boss levels become more and more complex. You'd have, like, these sections of the castle where you had to pick a path, and you'd either hear, like, a burnt or a, you know... Like, a, like the sound of a coin if you picked, up you know, the correct path. Which culminated in the final dungeon, the final boss level, where you had not only, you know, to go through various castle paths, but you also had to go through, uh, there was an underwater section of that castle. And as oh, I... Got, all this stops out. Oh yeah, as, and as I got older, I remember there was this particular area in World, I think it was 8-2, where you had this huge pit you had to clear. 
you had like this little tiny several pixel long wide platform and then you had this eight mile long gap <laughs> the, the the thing that drove me crazy when i actually went and played through the game much later in my life and finished it was in somewhere in world eight are the hammer bros and they're just awful well, yes. I mean, the Hammer Brothers show up earlier. I think they show up in World 4, I think, is their first appearance. But They're the, pretty easy to avoid at that point. Yes, but World 8, they're just like, they're everywhere. World 8, uh, it's pretty much like every few screen sections, it's, it's one Hammer Bro, if not two. Um, the one that really got me was, I think it was A3, where, it, like, you know how like A2 had that, that long gap with that little platform in the middle? Yep. A3 has, you do like five of those in a row. Yeah, and that's like, okay, th these levels are clearly designed to zap any sort of lives you may have left. They yep. were designed by someone who hates himself. So Miyamoto. <laughs> and, and like, and like I just want to bring this up too, just for, for like, these are difficult facts for like, when you're a five-year-old. They're still difficult now, and like, there's the um, speedrunners that, that do the speedruns of these. I'm pretty sure someone did a speedrun of Super Mario 1 blindfolded. What? It just wrote muscle I... memory at that point. Yeah, it's, it's basically a combination of wrote... listening to the sounds? Yeah, basically, basically just muscle memory and listening to the sounds. And he, he's got a time, like... Because of how Super Mario World codes the bad guys... You're pr like pretty much if you can if you are running and you've done it long enough and you know based on like sound and time, like you can pretty much jump past everything and and um, continue the, the process and and just never stop running. Period. That's ridiculous. And that's pretty much what you do with a speed run. And I, I don't remember yeah, right. if she was blindfolded for all of it or if it was just for the for the end cat for like the end castle. Whatever no, they... there apparently was a, a Super Mario Run blindfold uh, where he was blind for the whole time. I'm just trying to see what the the outcome, how long it took him. My understanding was that he, I think he did warp zones on that one, and it was like, I think he died four twice. minutes fifty seven seconds. Sounds about right. Wow. I know, so I know that's right around. I don't know right around there's a world record, but. The thing that, you know, I did not know in Mario Brothers, which probably would have helped me when I was a, a little kid, was the fact that anytime you hit the game over screen, it's not an automatic back to the start. If on that game over screen you hit, and this is on the NES controller, A plus start, you start back at the beginning of the world you were last at. What? Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> Oh, I, I was I, gonna say I, I, I didn't know this now. <laughs> I was say, was this in the manual? I don't remember if it was in the manual. I figured it out uh, when I had the Game Boy Advance version of the uh, original game. If you hit like A plus start, then like so, if you die on World Eight Three, if you hit A plus start on the game over screen, you start back at eight one. Oh this God. may this may be a Game Boy Advance only. This I can't imagine this is being in the actual NES console. I'm gonna take a look at that while I uh, continue to to blather on here. Um, Consult a little Wikipedia on this because I can't imagine they would have that in, in the actual that, NES. That does, 
That does sound like a thing they would add in the Game Boy version. Well, it's how I be ended up ultimately beating the game. Oh, well, you haven't completed the game. <laughs> so there. Um, let's see. Uh, classic NES series, that's the Game Boy Advance. Super Mario Brothers cheats and codes from IGN. Okay. Fact-checking, that's what we do on podcasts. Absolutely! The number of times we've consulted Lord Google and or Lord Wikipedia on a podcast is kind of double digits. Apparently this, this A, A plus start thing worked for all versions of the game. Wow! I'm going to have to test this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we're going to need to yeah. video proof of this. <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm gonna have to dig out my copy of Super Mario All-Stars and uh, see, <laughs> see if that works. Ridiculous. So when I found out about that, I was like 19 years old. I was like, what? What? <laughs> well, that really makes the effort I went through to play through that game in one sitting really depressing. <laughs> and then, well, I mean, if you play the Mario All-Stars version, you have the, you have the advantage of a save function. Oh, no, I didn't have that either. I played through the Virtual Console version, which is just the original game. The original NES, oh, yeah. 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 But oh. the thing that, as a kid, though, the thing that annoyed me most, the, the Nintendo, I would be playing Super Mario Brothers, and, you know, I was in a sitting, and I'd get really far into it, and then I'd have to, like, I, you know, we'd go somewhere or something, so I'd pause the game, turn off the TV, come back and find that the Nintendo glitched. <laughs> Like, Froze or over here or something. And I'm just like, See, yeah. I, I, I was never allowed to leave my console on. It was always, oh, the house will burn down. Or you'll get cancer or something like that. It's, it's... But you don't understand. I can't save. Can I, I just share a, a, a quick uh, little story as we're talking about, like, you know, digging through the game and, and ways you could restart when all your, your lives died? I know somebody that has yet to get past World 1 1 of Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> He has yet to get past the second wave of Goombas, if you can did call not, it that. Did he not find the jump button? Uh, no, the the Goombas scare her, so she runs to the left, realizes <laughs> that the screen doesn't continue going to the left, and then gets eaten by the Goomba. Oh, no. Bravo. So, yeah, just just wanted to share that with all. Very nice. Very nice. I mean, <laughs> and you know, you can play two-player in this game. So I mean, you play as Luigi, who may quote two-player. Yeah, you play as Luigi, <laughs> which was an exact duplicate of Mario, just with a palette swap. It's green instead. And so I mean, they they finally start differentiating themselves with uh, lost levels, which. Was is was the true sequel? It came out in 1986 in Japan. It came out in the U.S. in 1993 as part of the Super Mario All Stars collection for Super Nintendo. And you know, this was this game was originally scrapped for U.S. release by Nintendo because they did not want Mario to be known for frustration. This was because they didn't want translation. <laughs> They thought it was too hard for the American audience. This is something that Japanese companies did a lot. Say that again, they did, This is something Japanese companies seem to do a lot for like a really long time. Like all the way to the release of Metal Gear Solid 2, 
they came up with this insanely hard mode, which they called European Extreme, because they believed European players would like hard games, but they didn't give it to Americans because they thought, oh no, Americans, hard games. Yeah, apparently uh, we developed some sort of stereotype for hating games with a challenge. And yeah, so... And know, yet, got Mega Man 2. I stand by that comment. Uh, fuck Mega Man 2. Mega Man 1. I was going to say, you I was gonna say you may want to rethink that statement. Mega Man 2 is easy once you get the Metal Blades. But, you know, be... Or, you know, you could you could also add Ninja Gaiden to that argument. I was going to say, Ninja Gaiden, Jesus, there, there's three of those people in that game that still wipe on that game. I, I still can't beat it, and, you know, I've been trying for 20 years to beat Ninja Gaiden, I can't do it. But, um, but you know, Lost Levels plays pretty much, it's the same gameplay as the first Mario Brothers, except that it is much harder. Uh, we have the introduction of the Poison Mushroom. Now, for those who don't know what the Poison Mushroom is on the original NES, is a very slightly colored color difference between the regular mushroom and the Poison Mushroom. Yes. Whereas in the All-Stars, it's purple and it obviously looks lethal and you should not eat. Yeah, in the in the NES version, uh, yeah, the difference, it, it, the difference it, between the regular mushroom and the Poison Mushroom is a slightly darker shade of red. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm sure that really works well for colorblind people. Yeah, it, you yeah you think oh. it's bad that you think it's bad now. Imagine how it was back on like the your 1985 CRT TV. I well, let me tell you, as somebody who has gone through his whole life colorblind and played on a black and white TV, fuck that shit. Just no, no, that was terrible. yeah, yeah. That's just that's just all sorts of nope. It's uh, and you know, by. The, <laughs> And a mushroom, and I'm dead. Yeah. Memory servers, they troll you because, like, in in Super Mario 1, like, World 1-1, the, like, the very first question mark box you hit is a mushroom in it. But in Lost Worlds, the very first mushroom, the very first box you hit is a poison mushroom. You're correct. <laughs> the, the game just begins with, uh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, game begins with the first five seconds being la 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 Ooh, mushroom box. Whoop, why'd I die? Yeah. <laughs> and you know they make the game harder by making like some of the enemies in the first Mario, uh, they place them where you wouldn't expect them. Like the jellyfish are in midair. Yeah, the jellyfish are flying in midair in like World Five Two, I think. Yeah, very long uh, strings of spinning fireballs. Uh, Lakitu appears underwater. Uh, you know things like that. <laughs> Basically, this game is what would nowadays be like an internet mod, where everything just isn't working properly. Basically, yes. Yeah, and yeah basically. The only way that I was able to play this is, again, it initially came out in the U.S. Uh, you know, six, five years after, you know, five, six years after Japan got, but, um, you know, and Lost Levels, even Nintendo tries to coddle you in the All-Stars version of the game because unlike Mario 1, 2, and 3 in that collection where you only can save per world in, you save per stage in, 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 the, the save file for All-Stars lets you save per stage <laughs> <laughs> so Nintendo still was like okay okay America uh, 
We'll, we'll let you have the new bike, but we're going to put training wheels on it. Almost. So what we got in America in 1988 was a game that looked incredibly so far different than, you know, Mario 1. Although that's it, because it was. That's because it, it was, yes. But the last thing I'll say about Lost Levels is that, you know, you actually, there was a bit of a tactical uh, strategy whether you chose to play as Mario or Luigi. Luigi could jump higher and farther than Mario, but he was far less agile. He could not stop on a dime like Mario could. Did he have to floaty jump? No. 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 That's, that's Peach. That's Princess Peach in the Super Mario 2 USA version. Um, where suddenly things look very weird. The music is all very different sounding. I mean, Koji Kondo, who has done so many memorable soundtracks for so many Nintendo games. Um, this game was just... I mean, it, it's, original, it's Doki Doki Panic. That's the Japanese name. They just repackaged it with Mario characters and said, here you go. It's funny because I love Mario 2 more than any of the other ones. So basically, I don't like Mario games, I guess. <laughs> so, you know, you had four player, four characters you could play as. Mario, Luigi, Toad, <coughs> and Peach. All of them have different abilities. You know, although Princess Peach, let's face it, was probably the most broken character because she could just glide her way through the entire level. Speed runs of Super Mario 2, you're playing as Peach for 95% of them. I believe there are, like, three stages you play as Luigi, one stage you play as Toad. I don't think you touch Mario at all. There, there is basically no purpose of playing Mario. He's the worst character. Yeah, but Luigi... Well, and he's supposed to be the most balanced of the characters, He was the too. balance, but that doesn't mean jack shit when you have Peach's that flotation. That means he's terrible. <laughs> yeah, when, when Peach floats, Toad runs super fast, I think? Luigi has a very high jump. And, and Luigi had a very high jump. Mario means jack shit. I think Toad also had, like, the fastest uh, pickup yes. speed. Yeah, yeah, like I, think, I think Toad ran fastest, had the fastest pick of speed, and had the highest super jump. But Peach could just float. And... Yeah, Peach just floats, and that's game-breaking. But just about. I mean, you know, in this game, you know, you had life meters so that you could actually take, you know, two, three, even sometimes four hits if you found all the hearts in the level. Um... You know, you could pick up items, and you ha you collected cherries, and the more cherries you collected, then the star would appear, and just, the whole game was weird. And you know, I mean, it, it had rudimentary puzzles, like you had to pick up the key and carry it to the door. Stuff yes. that no, no other Mario game does. And then some, some grinning. And then you had some, you know, you pick up a key, and then some grinning circular thing would just chase you. Some clown mass is chasing you because you don't like dislike clowns already. <laughs> and, you know... And, none of the traditional enemies were inside either. All of a sudden you had, like, these weird mask guys and ninja star things and all of that. Yeah. It's guys and Birdo and... Yeah, those are their, their introductions. Well, that, that's the kind of weird thing about Mario 2, is it, it's classified as, like, the not-Mario sequel, 
but so much of that game has infected the hit the series going on. Yes, that's very true. I mean, as, as they just said, you know, you have sh you know the introduction of Shy Guys, which carried through the introduction of Birdo, which was the first official transvestite character, <laughs> because in the manual for that, they Nintendo couldn't actually describe what gender Birdo was. It was kind of like an S apostrophe H E. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we we don't need to get specific with gender roles when you're talking about a, a hoop face, a pink, a pink dinosaur that shoots eggs out of its later mouth? a face <laughs> hole. Face holes, you know. Think <laughs> of Birdo shoots eggs and later on fireballs out of its face hole. Yes, and, and it wears a pink, and it wears a red ribbon too. Don't forget the red ribbon. Oh yes, yes, absolutely dapper with that ribbon. And, you know... Well, girls that accessorize, come on. I mean, and then, of course, you know, enemies hated root vegetables. So, and then, the final boss is Wart. His name is Wart, and, uh... A giant, fat frog. Yep. And with, then, a cloak, with, a, with a king's cloak and scepter. Yep. Well, didn't, didn't they try, maybe, I remember in one of the manuals somewhere, didn't they try, like, passing Wart off as... Koopa's brother or, or some weird relation to Koopa just to be like a weird kind of connection of the two games. I want to say there's some place that referred to War as Bowser's brother, basically. Um, I honestly don't know. I could be completely wrong here, but... And like the only reason people eat, like, and the reason why all this bullshit funny stuff is going on... It's all a dream. Yeah, that's when Nintendo... Spoilers. Spoilers! Uh, you know, this game is almost 30 years old. I think the statute of limitations has... Hey, I haven't finished it. Well, too bad. <laughs> yeah, too bad. Spoilers. <laughs> too bad. Crap. But... Whatever the case, you know, and oh yes, and at the if you collected, a, you know, coins, at the end of each level, you'd get to play a slot machine to try to earn more lives. Because I mean, to, I mean, their lives were hard to get into, but they were definitely, or, sorry, US too, I should say, but they're definitely, if you knew what you were doing, you could get them all pretty quickly. You, you could, so. That and Super Mario 2 was just it was weird, but you know, I enjoyed it. It was just By weird. weird. You mean the best game? <laughs> you mean the absolute greatest game ever? <laughs> so then we move on to my favorite of the classic NES Mario games, Super Mario 3, which I think was probably I think at the time for a long time it was the best-selling game of all time, but then again, that was, it was the, the numbers are skewed because it came with the damn console in 1990 when it came out. <laughs> and, hmm. you know, this game introduced more, you know, Mario staples. It introduced, like, the world map format of levels. Uh, you had the ability to store power-ups for later use. Like, you would have, like, the little sort of mini levels where you go into like a mushroom one of toad's house and oh and you had three chests and you pick a chest and one of them contain you know they contain power-ups that you would just pocket for later memory serves introduced the uh, the the raccoon suit the tanuki suit the frog suit and the hammer suit 
Or was Hammer yeah, not I in this one? Was. No, I think there was a Hammer suit in this one. Let's see. A lot of them you your usual pickup, power pickup of the of the um of the uh, Fire Flower, and then you, I think you could even also store invincibility. You can store a star. Yeah, you could you could store any power up in there in in your storage, and including warp whistles. Yeah. Although warp whistles, you had to dig to find those were not. Given to yeah. <laughs> those were not given to you. It's, yes. Yeah, and the for those unaware, Warp Whistle was similar to Warp Zone, only it was random where you went to. So you could, in theory, pick up a Warp Whistle and stay, um, I believe it's the castle stage in World 1, like the, like the very first mini-boss castle. And you could warp to 8-1 warp to eight one from, like, basically 1-3 to 8-1. To Probably not a good idea, but uh, you could. And there's also a case where you can warp backwards too, which is a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, if you, you, go backwards if, 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 if you wanted to. I mean, this game also, you know, introduced. You know, each world had a theme. You know, World One was your, you know, typical Mario-looking, you know, bright, cheery level. Mushroom world, Kingdom. World Two was. Desert. desert. And every world to since then has been a desert. Um, world three was water, but it was was it under was it all under underwater or was it mostly underwater? Not all not all underwater. Some of it was above water, but, but water was a major component because World Three introduced uh that, that big jumping fish. Yeah, the big fish. The big fish that was I think just, it's called Big Fish. Yeah. Um Imaginative name. World four was I, I forget I know the the one that sticks the two that stick out to me the most was the one where everything was giant. World giant six world is the best. Giant world, yeah. World six is giant world. World five I think is ice. And then one of them was uh like you go it's like half on the ground and half in the sky. I think world seven was that one. Well apparently there was according to the, the... Super Mario Wiki, World 1 was Grassland, World 2 was Desertland, World 3 was Waterland, World 4 was Giantland, World 5 was Skyland, 6 was Iceland, 7 was Pipeland, 8 was yes. Darkland. Pipeland, I forgot Pipeland, my bad. Yeah. And then 9 was uh, Warp Zone. Yeah. Yeah, World 8 was just Bowser everything. World 8 in Mario 3 is bloody brutal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I've got this so many times and I, I could never get through it. Uh, I, okay, the, I'm, here's where I'm going to introduce my story. Uh, oh, oh, it's story time! Story time with Ron! Story time with Ron. So, I have Super Mario 3 as a... Let's see, when, how old was I when I did this? Uh, eight-year-old. I was eight-year-old, eight-year-old Ron on the NES playing... Uh, Super Mario 3. And I had gotten the day off from school for a parent-teacher conference. So I said, you know, because all my homework is done, I'm going to spend from when I wake up to whenever I die, basically, playing Super Mario 3. And previously, I had gone tried using the Warp Whistle because I found that relatively early on. I said, no, screw that. I'm actually going to go through and beat every individual world. So I went from World 1 
all the way to Bowser's castle. I get <laughs> to Bowser. I am fighting Bowser. I, I am can see where the, I, I'm going to see where this is going. <laughs> I, I hit Bowser for what is supposed to be the last time, and the console freezes. Called oh, it! Shit. <laughs> Bowser's falling off the screen, but because the console froze, I have not officially beaten the game and saves um, Peach. And, and, and at this moment... point in time, I'm... It, and mind you, I've been playing since about 8 a.m. And it's probably 6 p.m. at night. And at this point, 8-year-old Ron broke his <laughs> NES in rage... No, 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 no. Eight-year-old eight year Ron thought carefully about this and said, well, the game froze. I didn't die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and kept playing. No, I gave it till after dinner because I was dinner was about to occur. So I gave it to after dinner to see if it would unfreeze itself. It didn't. I, oh. I, said, I said in my eight-year-old mind, screw this, I'm done. <laughs> Turn the console off. Well, you know, you can try to redeem yourself. I mean, Mario 3 is very widely available, even, even with save functions. And I, the... I, I, I'm going to take the fact that Bowser was falling off the screen as me beating the game. You just never got to see the credits. Yes. So you never went back? No. Um, I've, wow. I, I played it for All-Stars just for, like, nostalgia's sake, but I've never gone, like, tried to be a, be a serious playthrough of it. <laughs> Because I can't, because I go oh, so a ten-hour sit-through of that game again. But this time you can do it in pieces. You don't have to sit for ten oh. hours at a stretch. Bullshit! I'm doing this all in one block. Of course you would. So, uh, I used to play with uh, because you you can play multiplayer on this game, and unlike. You know, the previous games, you know, you can actually leave your fellow player in the dust because, uh, you know, it's not, okay, one person goes, then another person, you just keep going until you die. And, you know, you could be on World 3 by the time, you know, you die, and then suddenly it goes back to, like, World 1 and Player 2 gets a crack. Uh, <laughs> although, if you, uh, if... At any point on the world map, Mario and Luigi were occupying the same spot, and somebody hit like start. I think it was start. It would take you to like a versus screen. You know, you remember the arcade game called Mario Brothers, where it was uh, just pipes and enemies coming out of the pipes, and you had to like hit them under the platform and then knock them off. It had and all. It, meanwhile, you've got um, it had that one power block it, in the center of the screen. As Goomba's walking across, and Koopas, and I think Shy Guys too are shooting stuff at you. And whoever won that versus battle would then take control of the board. Yeah. So, but that was that game was so much fun. I had such good memories playing that game. But at that, at that, you know, then because you know my parents thought that video games were the cause of all, you know, antisocial and you know, rebellious tendencies and would turn you into a root vegetable. I never could sit for 10 hours at a stretch playing a game. It was like one hour. That's it. Like, you can't beat this in an hour unless you, you know, warped your way through and managed to get through World 8 like nothing. Get through World 8 on, um, 
probably two or three lies with no stored power-ups or very little stored power-ups. Yeah, good luck. Basically, I remember playing that game, playing it through like all, trying to play all of it in one night with my brother, and stumbling along the uh, the great hidden thing. And I think it's World One Three there, where you can fall behind. Yeah, the you had to, you had to crouch for a certain number of seconds before you slip behind it. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> just like. Oh my god, what did you do? As a kid, you though... Just broke the game. As a kid, though, the one thing that scared the shit out of me in Mario 3 were the levels that automatically moved forward. Yeah, those ones were annoying. Because suddenly you're like, oh shit, now it's a test of reflexes. That crap is the worst. Because, you know, while you could, unlike Mario 1, actually go back in a level... You weren't stuck there when you tried to go back. Those those levels where the game the level just automatically progressed forward. It was like, oh crap, gotta move. And at the you know I remember at the end of each level you'd have to you know time your jump carefully to get that card because if you got three of the same one in a row you'd get extra power you get extra lives. Yeah. Memory serves, I got through most of when I did my playthrough as the 8-year-old Ron. I got most of my lives in the first, like, three or four worlds. And then from, like, pretty much, like, five through five through eight, I basically just, like, threw billions of Mario lives at the screen until it got me to World 8. Well, th- the game is actually designed like that. They, they load up on extra lives and mushrooms early on. Yeah, it was deliberately designed like that. Also, a level that also scared the shit out of me as a kid was uh, the desert world where the sun chases With you. With the sun, uh, two three, I think it is. It or two one does it, two one. I think I think it's right away. It didn't have a number. It was it was just a block, just a block of of moving sand on the world map. It didn't have a number. Okay. I remember the sun chased you a couple times in in World Two, though. And one of them was the, the sand moving block, but I think the other one was just before the um the Koopa Junior airship with the sun chased you as well. I I don't remember. I'll, I might have to go back and play it. I have to go back and look too much. I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure there's an R part where the sun chases you. It's like I've got Mario All Stars. Why not? Let's just go back and go back and play it. But that guy was the stuff of nightmares. It was. And, you know, even even the end of World Boss, where you get on the ship, oh my god, all the projectiles that just fly. Yeah. Projectiles on an auto-scroller <laughs> do things that should not mix. Suddenly now, I, ca- I can't believe that anyone can play this game blindfolded. No, to my understanding, no one's attended this blindfolded. I believe the world record of Super Mario 3 is... Uh, with Warp Whistle, I think it's, like, a half hour. I could be wrong, though. But even then, I mean, this was this was my favorite of the classic NES games, so... You know, for the purposes of our little anniversary series, we're, we're going to largely stick to the main Mario Brothers franchise. We are going to devote an episode to most of the various offshoots, like Dr. Mario and... A quality video game. And, you know, 
about Mario's missing. Mario is missing, Luigi's mansion, you know, things like that. But for, for the purposes of these first couple of, of Mario anniversary episodes, we're going to stick primarily to the uh, the main series. So, I mean, those were pretty much it for the NES. So unless you guys have any additional thoughts you'd like to add, I'm going to stop the first half here. I see. Got it. All right. So- I, 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 I do want to say this. If you guys do want to go back and play any of the Mario's, I actually do would recommend All Stars because you do get a slight graphical upgrade, which does help out a fair bit, and the difficulty change is very minimal. That's very like true. The only the only change is going to be the Lost World's Poison Mushroom thing, and that's like the only major one I can think of. Yeah, where they actually make it purple. Uh- it's not yeah. like the GBA releases where they gave the characters annoying voices. Yeah, no. they're still they're voiceless. And in and, and in in Mario in in Mario All Stars, you get the advantage of save functionality, so you do not have to necessarily rage quit <laughs> when your system freezes and dies on you. Yeah, and Mario All Stars, you know, it came out for the Super Nintendo, but it is all it is also out for the Wii, so. That's, that's... Like, can you still get it for the Wii? I know Nintendo deliberately made that a limited edition, which I thought was really stupid of them. <laughs> like, you might still be in Virtual Console, to be completely honest. Super Mario. Well, I mean, even the Virtual Console. Is, I thought Nintendo uh, for the regular Wii, not the Wii U, but the regular Wii. I thought Nintendo stopped uh, Virtual Console services. I thought they did too, to be completely honest. Super Mario All Stars. You can get you can get the Wii version. Uh, it's it's available. Not, n- nobody, you know, you're not going to find it in GameStop or anything unless you find it used. Um, you can find it. I'm looking at Amazon right now. There are third party sellers that do sell new copies of this game for uh, the lowest I see is sixty five bucks. Nice. Uh, which is actually not. That terrible. Not that well. It does. It does come with a an, a soundtrack containing themes from the classic games. So again, like I said, not that terrible. Yeah, so, that's better than like what Chrono Trigger goes for. So the Chrono Trigger is like one hundred twenty dollars for a used copy or something like that. At least. So on the second half of our season premiere here, celebrating Mario Brothers, we're going to talk about the. Game Boy games, the original Game Boy games. Mario makes his debut on the handheld consoles. That is going to be on our second half. But in the meantime, you're going to have some music, as is the custom. Something from Mario, as befits the theme. Because I'm not do the Mario. Do the Mario. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Oh that. Yes. It maybe if I find it, maybe absolutely that's a maybe. I'll because I don't decide these th- what I put down for music until I start editing these things. So it's a complete surprise to everybody. Well, screw you guys! I'm just gonna listen to it now. <laughs> so there. So that's on our second half. So you're listening to episode one of season five of downloadable content. We'll be back. Mario! 
welcome back to our season premiere of downloadable content. Everyone is still here. They haven't been shrunk or eating poison mushrooms or, you know, got zap, you know, got a hammer thrown at them or We got sidetracked in uh World 7 though. All those tunnels, man. So many tunnels. So many pipes, I know. So many pipes. So on our second half of this episode, we've we've spoke about the the NES games. Let's shift to the portable, the handheld, the Game Boy, the original Game Boy, the nice you know the smaller gray cinder block, the colorblind Ooh. friendly games. Yes, right up. Hey, there. <laughs> hey. that's perfect for me. Yeah, I was gonna, I was going to say read. I mean, that means you, you don't without you know the absence of color. There's nothing to worry about. You don't have to try to discern slightly different shades of red to determine whether that mushroom will kill you or make you bigger. Yeah, which is great when I don't see red. May, may I just say too that the most the biggest like you know just fu that Nintendo ever gave me was when the Game Boy Color came out, and then there was games you could only get that would only work on the Game Boy Color. It's like, no. I love my gray universe. So you never touched the Virtual Boy then? Oh, no, I did. Virtual Boy didn't bother me. That was mostly browns and blacks in my view. So oh. I loved the Virtual Boy. Oh, good. You might be person number one that I know who actually... Uh... Nobody liked the Virtual Boy. Nobody liked Get the Virtual out. Boy, except for colorblind people, apparently. <laughs> I'll say the problem with the Virtual Boy is the fact that you had to set it up on a TV, or on TV, on like a uh, table or something, then lean forward into it, and then actually have to play that game for the next, oh, I don't know, three to seven hours. I don't with your see neck what you're perfectly still. I don't see what the problem is. I don't see what the problem is. No, the problem with the Virtual Boy was the random headaches and nosebleeds I had after playing. I never ah. played on the game. <laughs> ah, all right. Well, this game could. Cause well, that that was the horrific radiation it was emitting. I was going to say that was that was the that was the infrared lines and the uh, and the and the eye strain. No problem there. I mean, Nintendo, yeah. Nintendo has a history of causing physical injury. Take take the first Mario Party for example. So. uh... Moving right along, we go to 1989 with Super Mario Land. Mario's introduction on the handheld, which uh, it was the introduction of Princess Daisy. Now, I've, I've never played this game, so tell me all. Who the hell is this Daisy bitch? Uh, Daisy's a much more competent character than Peach ever was, but... Uh, she is the princess of a mystical land called Sarasaland. However you pronounce that, I still... Sarasaland? Sarasaland? Sassafras. Sassafras land. I have no fucking clue, but this game... In terms of story, it's like, this does not take place in the Mushroom Kingdom. This takes place in Sarah Sassafras, Sarsaparilla Land, and, uh... Do they not have color in Sarsaparilla Land? Apparently not! <laughs> Except for the box art. I found my homeland. <laughs> Except for the box art. So, no Bowser of any kind, no Koopalings, nothing. This is, uh... So, she doesn't manage to get captured... By somebody. Oh, she's captured, but the the final. Oh, of course she is. The, the final boss is named Tatanga, who is 
the mysterious spaceman. He's an alien. Because, uh, you know, what, what Mario game doesn't need aliens in it? Apparently, but, uh, you know, we have some major differences. For example, this game only has four worlds instead of its usual eight. I could only have half a cartridge. And um, the power-ups were a little different. You still had the, the mushroom, but the, the fire flower didn't spew fire. It enabled you to throw, like, they called them super balls. That, and these were so annoying because they would bounce at a 45-degree angle. However, they, did, they could ricochet off of everything. Yes, I, 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 did, I do remember playing Super Mario 3, or I'm sorry, Land. And this was one. the The fireball was definitely a bit more interesting in this game. Although I, I do remember that um, you know you could use the uh, quote fireball to actually collect coins. Yep, that was the, that was like the the one major benefit of it is I see that coin out there that you can't get. Well, just throw a fireball off, off the screen or something like that, and get about five seconds. It'll bounce back and collect it for you. So, um. Looking at the screenshots, I love that Goombas are like four pixels. Yeah. yeah. Goombas are four pixels. Mario, little Mario's about the same size as a Goomba. Uh-huh. And I remember that at the end of like the first two levels of each world, you either had your choice of the top or bottom uh, exit. If you got to the top, you'd then go to a bonus level in which you could earn between one and three extra lives and a power-up. If you took the bottom uh, exit, then you, the game just kept going as normally. Um, but each, again, each world had a particular theme. You know, your first world was your, you know, typical Mario-looking eh, land. Uh, second world was uh, a bit on the the water side. World three was some sort of take on Easter Island. <laughs> and the fourth um, yeah. the fourth world was suddenly you're in, you know, Japan. With because why not? Like ancient Japan with appropriate sounding stereotypical music. I guess Sasparilla Land is just Asia. It, it, or it could be Inglomero Poland or something. I don't know. It's a But in two of the boss levels, I remember this. Uh, in World 2, Mario gets to pilot a submarine. Well, a one-person submarine. Uh, and the funny part was is that the submarine grew or shrank, depending on whether Mario got a mushroom or not, or got hit. But he would be constantly firing torpedoes. And, you know, you'd use that for the boss. And in the fourth world, the final world, Mario was flying an airplane. The airplane. Yes. Which you'd use to fight not only the boss of World 4, which was this cloud that spewed what looked like chickens at you, but also for the final boss himself. And I, I got so good at this game that I can, even now, I can still beat this game in under half an hour from start to finish. So it's a it's a pretty short game, even when you're not you know speed running it. But yes, after you you know you beat Tatanga and you know you save the citizens of uh, 
Saprosota land. You, uh, you know, you get Daisy, and, you know, Daisy, you know, and Mario fly off into the credits. So, uh, there was also a hard mode of this game. Yeah, th there was a hard mode, which I never bothered with. It was just like, okay. How did you, was that, like, did you have to beat the game to unlock a hard mode? You had, I don't you had to beat remember it. that. You had to beat it, but I don't remember. Yes, you had to beat the game, and then you had the option, like, at the title screen to play, like, play in hard mode. As opposed to, like, Kirby's Dream Land, where you had to hit, like, A and start or something after you beat it to, to get into hard mode. Isn't Mario flying off into the credits with Daisy kind of cheating on Peach? Um, different land, different princess. It's a, it's a different zip code. It doesn't count. What, happen, what happens at Sassafras Land stays in Sassafras <laughs> Land. <laughs> Is, is is this the dark part of the Mario story where he begins his affair? Yeah, I mean, you know, Mario and Daisy in Summer Sausage Land, just, I have no idea. It's, you know, that's why now in most Mario games you see Daisy kind of paired off with Luigi. Oh, I see. Because she got confused when she went into Color Land. Apparently, yes. She's colorblind too, that's all. Because you can't really have, you know... The plumber pimp, I guess. That's bad form. So, <laughs> I guess not. But, you know, when hey, I was... question. Who's Rosalina going to get paired with then? Um... Wario, uh, I guess. I'm... No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, just... I don't know. So, I mean, this game was for me, a lot of fun. It is actually out on the 3DS Virtual Console if you would, if you are, want to play it. It's... I played this game and beat it so many times. I still enjoy it, even with, uh... even with the fact of the weird plot and the, you know, Sassafras land and the... you know, what have you. So, was I the... Am I the only one of this group who's actually played it? No, I played it. I beat no. it too. Okay. Yeah, I, I played it for hours on end, multiple times. Loved it. I mean, for being basically a, a Game Boy response to wanting to have a Mario game, it was fantastic for what it offered. It it was, but my favorite of the Mario Land games was Mario Land Two. Now two was amazing. Legend of the Coins or six or, golden uh, no, coins? No, what was six golden coins? Six Golden Coins, this was the game, it came out in 1992. This was the game that introduced Wario. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I may have actually played this. Um, was one of the power-ups in there like a rub, like a rabbit headband yes. thingy yes. that made Mario jump super high? Yes, and also you could glide. With the yeah, okay, so I did play this one then. Yep. It was basically the raccoon tail from Mario 3, except instead yeah. of tail ears, it was just bunny ears. Yep. Okay, I did play this one. I think I even beat it. If memory serves so, me. This is the game with the like open world map where you had to go between the different like little worlds on the map, collecting yes. the big coin from each to unlock the final area. Yep, you needed that. Was you know there were six different you know worlds or area zones they called them. The moon level was clearly the best. The space zone, what? yes. Wasn't the plot basically something like Mario returned from Sarah's land to his own castle and found out it was overtaken by Wario? Close! 
according to Wiki, uh, this is game immediately follows Super Mario Land, and so while Mario was away in uh, in Sassafras Land, uh, Wario put an evil spell over Mario's world, which was called, incidentally, Mario Land, and brainwa- <laughs> brainwashing its inhabitants into believing that Wario is their master and Mario is their enemy. Wario's motive behind this sudden attack was to take control of Mario's castle to have a palace of his own. After traveling through Mario Land and collecting the six golden coins, Mario regains entry to his castle, and of course he enters and defeats Wario, who flees, breaking the spell. So in this game, crucial for the next game, we discuss Wario is the bad guy. Yes. I have a question. Uh, Yes? Why do you have six coins being the key to your castle? Why wouldn't you? It's a perfectly logical security system. Oh my god. That that, that must make the coins that Mario collects throughout each level not the golden coins. The real question is, how did Wario get in? Uh, Well, he probably snuck away through, like, you know, a portal or something. I was going to say, because I can see Mario leaving his door unlocked. Well, there's probably just a back door that Mario decided not to use. Oh, here's, a, here's an interesting theory. Luigi, pissed off at his brother's fame and fortune... Uh, <laughs> Let Wario in. <laughs> there. That's an interesting thought. Luigi, pissed off at Mario for Mario getting all the women and all the coin and all the glory, left the castle door unlocked so Wario could come in and cause havoc. Goddamn, Luigi, always fucking things up. Well, I mean, I like this game. I mean, this game was so much longer. I mean, according to Wiki, this game was four megabits, which was apparently made it one of the largest games on the Game Boy. I was going to say, that's pretty big for a Game Boy, Jesus. It was eight, I don't even think Pokemon's that big. It was eight times <laughs> larger than Mario Land, the first one. Wow. It was also very pretty. Compared to yes, Mario Land, I would say wasn't too pretty detailed too. Compared to one's like literal like two bit look. Incre- I mean, if you take a look at screenshots of the, of six golden coins, Mario. I mean, just the Mario figure, it, even when he's small, is incredibly detailed as opposed to these little pixely shits that you got from uh, the first. They worked out how to do actual graphics on the Game Boy. Uh, yes, yes, they did. And, I mean, you had... I'm trying to remember some of the zones. You had the space zone, you had the tree zone, uh, you had the toy zone. Halloween zone. Say that again? There was the Halloween zone. Yep, there was the micro zone. I remember that. There was the turtle guy in the corner. Yes! I forget what the name of that zone was. And, you know, you could... There was this area that I think that uh, was kind of... You could get uh, extra lives or power-ups. It was like like one of those claw things that you find in restaurants. The claw game. Yeah. And, you know, just overall... And, and Wario's Castle itself was, was an actual challenge. That took me a while to beat... That was a challenge. That was because you had these massive, you know, these huge statues that launched these massive fireballs. You had these thwomp-looking things everywhere. 
and yes, the tree zone, the space zone, the macro zone, the pumpkin zone, the turtle zone, and the Mario zone. What was Mario zone? That was, was the, that the castle? The Mario it was, zone. It was a giant statue of Mario. Yeah, that's. Oh, that's God, what, that guy's got such an ego. I know. I mean, you've got the you've, Mario zone. I call that quote the toy zone because there was a lot of like toy-looking enemies. Oh yes. And I remember the boss for that. They were like they were like a take on the three little pigs. <laughs> oh yeah, of they course. like came out of how, did their houses, didn't they? Come charging at you. Yes. And you know when you finally got to Wario. I mean, you have this great, big, fat-looking thing, and even as Mario, you're still relatively small compared to him. And, you know, he took nine hits, because you'd go... Wario, the ba- that battle was three different parts. You'd start off with regular Wario, and then Wario would get a power-up, and then you'd hit him, you know, three more times, and then the final part, I remember... Because they had this like this dramatic music as Wario got the fire flower, <clears throat> and then you know once you finally you know got hit him you know the required amount of times he would then devolve into like this sniveling baby and then just jump and flee the castle. Wario didn't deserve any of this. No, he didn't. That and that game is. I remember there. Nah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, the game's, this game's also out on the 3DS Virtual Console, so... I was going to say, I remember when it was coming out, they had, um... In Nintendo Power Magazine, they had, like, a, a comic script basically trying to explain Wario. And they basically, in the script, it was... He was supposed to be, like, Mario's childhood friend, and... Mario was always something of, like, a dick to him, basically, so... Hence why he's looking to get his revenge. They didn't explain him as, well, you see, we took Mario, and then we reversed the M, and <laughs> you can see what we did here, guys. Shh! No. Th- they're not supposed they did, they to... Didn't... That's, didn't that's not what it is in Japanese, right? It, it, it means something else in Japan, right? Uh, it, it might be. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, then, you know, years later, we would get Waluigi. Which was another, you know, see what we did there. <laughs> but, Just I mean... Just wait for the Toadstool character. This was also the first of the Mario games. Because this came out before Mario All-Stars. This is the first game to have uh, a save function. Hey! And also, if you remember... If you hit select on the uh, the screen where you picked which game you wanted to load, if you hit select, it would take you to easy mode. Huh. I don't know if you remember the easy mode in this in that game, but I certainly do. I don't remember an easy mode at all. Yeah, I didn't know it. I, I was I hit I, it was an accident. I'm like easy mode. There's an easy mode? Oh my god. So, you'd assume Wario's name was based on turning the M in Mario's name upside down. But this isn't entirely the case. The Japanese word for bad is wow you. I don't know how you pronounce that. 
So Wario is actually a shortened version of Wowie Mario, Bad Mario. This is also the case for Waluigi, Bad Luigi, and works even better in Japan where his name is pronounced Waluigi. There you go. There you go. That, that, there you go. <laughs> original, re- original research and fact-checking is only you can get on downloadable content. We're adding to your cultural knowledge. Yes, this very fine... So they, they didn't just flip the M into a W, although it really looks like they did. Oh, thank you, our resident cynic. <laughs> <laughs> well done on this very fine, sophisticated program. And the last game that we will discuss in this episode... Is not really a Mario game. You know, it actually really isn't, because... uh, They they just put the name on it, like, this will make it sell. Yeah, Wario Land, which they they had the nerve to stick on Super Mario Land 3, (laughs) even though Mario is nowhere in it! And it spawns an entirely separate series of Wario Land games. Yes, yes, this this starts the Wario Land series, but, you know, again, I played it and finished it. Uh, This game was kind of odd in the fact that the object of the game, I mean, there is a main antagonist... Uh, but, you know, there's no princess that needs to be saved. There's nothing, there's no world to save, no major peril. The object of the game is simply for wa- you at playing as Wario to collect as much coin as you possibly could. He's got his countryside. why the hell not? <laughs> it's just collect as much coin because it. this game, Wario, actually determines your ending. Now, isn't it? If I I can't remember the details, but this game like begins with like Mario dropping like a giant statue of himself and just being like a total dick. Um, I'm tr- uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, according to the Super Mario Wiki, uh, the plot. Of this, if you know, and a very tenuous one at that. Um, desiring to replace or restore the castle he lost to Mario in Super Mario Land 2, Wario sets out to steal a golden statue of Princess Toadstool from the Brown Sugar Pirates and Captain Syrup, which he then <laughs> intends to ransom for the money to buy his own castle. Along the way, he collects or steals any other coins and treasures he finds or knocks out of enemies. The game is spent navigating a number of levels to reclaim lost treasures and has a significant level of replayability due to the branched path that many of the levels take. In the end, Captain Syrup, revealed to be female, which was hidden in the instruction manual, is defeated while Wario ultimately gets anything from a birdhouse to an actual planet or moon for himself based on the amount of treasure he collects during the game. I like so the whole the... plot of the game is he went into Mario's castle, then got kicked out of Mario's castle, is salty about it, and says, fuck you, I'm going to build my own castle with hookers and blackjack. Yes. So he's That's... Bender. Yes, um, <laughs> that is the game in a nutshell. That's a pretty Wario thing to do. I was like, that sounds like Wario, actually. 
just remember all the commercials for the second or third one with Wario just staring all crazy eyed and greed is good. That, that's the message. The message of the Wario games. I was going to say, the message of the Wario game is greed is good, so be a Republican, I guess. So, yes. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's basically it, Ron, in a nutshell. Wario gets pissed because he gets kicked out of Mario's ca- castle and then decides... To... Hey, Mario left the door open. Well, Come on. Well, Luigi did while Mario was off in, in, in Sassafras land, so... <laughs> this plot is so complicated. Um, Can't keep track of it. I mean, I played this game and one of my friends... I remember this clearly. Uh, my, the friend who I borrowed it from... Uh, informed me of a particular cheat that this game has. And I think they removed the cheat for the virtual console version of the game. But in the original Game Boy version, uh, if you pause the game and then you press select, I think it was 16 times, uh, a cursor appears over the lives, the timer, or the coins. And then what you would do is you would hold A or B, either one worked, and press left or right to move the box over a number. And you could increase the amount of lives, time, and coins you had. So you could 999 everything at the end, awesome. of, at the end of every level. And so the game would, would, so that every time the game totaled up how much, how much coin you had, you had max coin every level. Nice. So, and so at the end of the game, I remember this. Your the total amount of money you got would then be would then you it would be on a scale of one to six money bags. <laughs> and the more money bags you had, the better Wario's uh, abode would be. So if you didn't get much treasure, you'd get one money bag or two money bags. One money bag got you a birdhouse. <laughs> Two money bags got you a tree trunk. Three got you a log cabin. Four got you a pagoda. Five got you the castle. And six got you a planet. I I, I love the absurd scale of how it goes from castle to planet. To get the planet, you needed 99,999 total coins, all 15 treasures found, and beaten every single level in the game. This is basically the origin story of Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) (laughs) And you could, and you know, I could see Wario and Scrooge McDuck sliding down piles of gold. Yeah. Or taking a swan dive off their springboard into the vault of literal piles of gold. You know, at this rate, they're going to put Gringotts out of business. It's uh... So, Wario Land was actually really weird, considering it's named a Mario game. Because even, even like in Super Mario Land 1, where you were saying, oh, the fireball is a bit weird. Like, this game plays nothing like a Mario game. It's like, all, all the physics and his sizing and how he interacts and smashes blocks and how it has checkpoints. This is... It's all just completely different. Oh yeah, this this is this is this is a very weird sort of game. I mean, it's still a platformer, but 
you know, the power But it's, it's, it's a platformer like Donkey Kong is a platformer, but Donkey Kong is not Mario. No. And, you know, the power-ups that Wario gets, you know, he can transform into, like, a bull. Uh, then you have, like, Dragon Wario, which, you know, he wears this dragon hat and fire spews out. It's a pretty pimp hat. Uh, Jet Wario. And by obtaining a jet pot, suddenly he becomes a... A fighter jet? He becomes like the Rocketeer. <laughs> Jeez. And then, of course, you just have regular plain old, you know, Wario without power-up. Um, but, I mean, this game was, for me, largely forgettable. I beat it once, and I'm like, eh. <laughs> It was just, uh, not really anything special, but, uh, yeah, so it goes. Pretty much. I remember playing more, and you guys may laugh me for it, but I remember playing a lot more of the Virtual Boy Wario game than the, uh, the traditional Game Boy one. You just can't stop pimping that Virtual Boy, can you? No, no, you even, really after, even after your professed nosebleed and headache, you still gotta play that thing, huh? It it nearly killed me, but boy, have you heard of this virtual boy? It it's gonna be a big deal, guys. You should really like get on it now. It's gonna be the next big console, I swear. Well, I'm convinced. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> so. And, and this game is also out on the 3DS uh, Virtual Console, so, I mean, it's... If you want to exercise your inner greedy demon, I mean, go right ahead. Or if you're, you know, Republican. So, be that as it may. And that, that's what it. We go? And that's... Those, those, are the, those are the main games from the NES and the Game Boy. So, I think we've, we've pretty much covered it all. What about Mario's appearance in Punch-Out? <laughs> yes, that's when Mario takes... That's when Mario moonlights as a boxing ref. And he doesn't have a voice yet, so, I mean, in Punch-Out, all these sounds... You know, just... You know, that's just, just a series of, uh, of noise. So he's, um, he's one of the Mario wish he stayed like that. You know, and why doesn't Mario take on any of those characters in Punch Out? But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, so I mean, that, that's really it. I mean, on the next the next uh, Mario episode we do, we're going to talk about the Super Nintendo games, and uh, we're also going to talk about uh, the slim pickings. I mean, he didn't have a whole lot in the main Mario Brothers series on the N sixty four on the and the GameCube. It was kind of like a, a period of five or six years where, you know, he wasn't even on any handheld. And... I'm going because it's Super Mario World, Seven Stars, 64, Sunshine. And then we get to the DS and the Wii, and then it explodes again. Yeah. Guys, we did the DS. A lot of sports playing and go karting and yeah. tennis and Mario Party and Mario Kart. Yeah, and... I mean, we're th those are the offshoots. I mean, we're going to definitely devote an episode to that. But I mean, just in the main Mario series, I mean, after after Super Nintendo, you don't see a whole lot of of Mario, at least in the main Mario Brothers franchise. 
but and I and I think it's I think you're right. It's because at, at, it's during those years where Nintendo decided, well, let's give Mario some other uh, jobs. Let's make him a tennis player, a soccer player, a golf player. Don't forget the RPGs. Yep, baseball. Yes, he's in several RPGs. You know, you have the Paper Mario series. So we have plenty to talk about as the year progresses. But I think we've done a good job starting off on this bit of nostalgia. You know, remembering our inner, you know, our five-year-old selves. And realizing the fact that we could only beat these games as adults. And I'm, I'm glad after that two-hour discussion, we could all agree that Sonic CD is the worst Sonic game. <laughs> that's, the moral, that's the moral of the story. I was going to say, wait a minute, hang on, hang on. I'm not, I'm not lumped in with you, Cretans. I couldn't beat a Mario game before they were 20. I V3. And he's sticking by that, damn it! Exactly. You did, you did not finish that game. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, no, at 8 years... He's going to take that to his grave. It's going to be on Ron's tombstone. I, I, I beat Mario 3, damn it! <laughs> And then, you know, I'm probably just going to put, like, a cartridge of Mario 3 on his grave, just to... Just, just to accent it. Just, just for a With little... With one of those little eternal candles right above it. Yes. Always burning. Run. Run. 19-whatever to 2015. Never completed Mario 3. <laughs> <laughs> so, do we have any final thoughts about any of the games we discussed on this episode, or are we going to put this episode to bed? Actually, we do. Ben really wanted to be in this episode, but he couldn't. So, he recorded the little blurb, and I'm going to add it right here. See what he has to say on the subject. Take it away, Ben. Having been born in 1985, and being an avid game player for my whole life, I've literally grown up alongside Mario, Jumpman, Mario. And while it's been fun to watch the portly plumber take turns as, among other things, a referee, a multi-sport athlete, a hotel manager, a go-carter, a glorified window washer, and even an interstellar explorer, all of which I'm sure will be discussed in future episodes, today we celebrate his first few adventures on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Looking back at that first game, Super Mario Bros., there was obviously something special about this guy. Based on his relative size and weight, and the enormity of the world, it was obvious that he shouldn't have had the physical skills to get through the first few levels or so, much less all eight worlds. But that Mario keeps on running and jumping is a testament to both his skills, and more importantly to his dedication. At least that's what 30-year-old me can say with my knowledge of the real world and all. But 5-year-old me? He just loved the simple joy of taking this one little guy on a whole big adventure. He's an underdog with almost no advantages, and yet here he is taking on the whole world by himself. It's easy to see why we all fell in love with this game. Perfect controls, a game that's tough but fair, and rules that make perfect sense after just one go-around. I never really got into Super Mario Bros. 2, for a variety of reasons, one of which was a never owning a copy but I can vividly remember when Super Mario Bros. 3 was coming out. The graphics blew me away, and the Raccoon Feather is still one of my favorite Mario power-ups. I even remember a few secret spots from both of these games, 
and my phone ringtone is frequently level music from the third game. There isn't much that hasn't already been said about Super Mario Bros. 3, so I'll just add that it's my favorite Mario game behind only the first Mario Galaxy. It was just such a wonderfully complete package, it really hasn't ever been topped in Nintendo's pantheon as far as I'm concerned. Mario and Nintendo were such strong influences of my childhood that I'll still play a semi-broken or nonsensical game as long as it's fun. Mario's impact and importance to this industry cannot be overstated, and it's been tremendous fun to watch him transform from a random everyman to the jack-of-all-trades he's become. Even to this day, when the core gameplay hasn't changed that much, I still get excited about a new 3D Mario game. And so, to add to the celebration of a beloved icon's 30th anniversary, let me offer this one somewhat embarrassing admission. When I was younger, if someone would ask me if I liked platform games, I would tell them I didn't know what they were. Not because I didn't get the concept of jumping between level platforms, but to me, all platform games were just Mario games. There were other games, like sports games and fighting games and shooting games, and Mario games were just one of those genres. Even something like Sonic the Hedgehog was still known to me as a Mario game. The, pl the concept of platforming was so intrinsically tied to the man himself that the entire genre bore his name. And I wasn't the only one. A lot of my friends from elementary school used to describe platform titles as Mario games. So how's that for an influence? And there you go. Very well said, Ben. Wish you could have been on this episode. Had fun. Mario is pretty cool, yo. <laughs> He's just this guy, you know. <laughs> um, if you want Mario Nintendo too. hard, play play one or lost levels. Yes. It's, it's all about not on all stars. Don't use the save function. You know, being a plumber, I'd expect him to have an easier time with any water-themed levels. You'd but, think that. Yeah. You'd think that that would be his forte, but no. Maybe that's how he breathes underwater. He's got special plumbing gear that just couldn't be seen on the 8-bit limited graphics. That's possible. I mean, you don't have that fine level of detail that you get in, you know, later games. Or even He's the Game too Boy. high on all those mushrooms. Uh, uh, that, that's, you know, distinct possibility. So. It explains everything, including Wario. So, if anyone out there on the wide world of the internet has any thoughts, questions, comments on this episode, or any other episode of Downloadable Content, or you want to be in a future episode of Downloadable Content, you can let us know at facebook.com slash dlcontent, or at twitter at dlcontent, or tumblr, dlcpodcast.tumblr.com, or through email at dlcontent1 at gmail. Com, and as always, downloadable content can be found on iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher. So there we go. All the different ways for downloadable content to get into your ears. And, you know, as Joshy said at the beginning, it's on the internet. Have you heard of this internet business? Have you have I, hear a... it, it, I hear it's trending upwards. Uh, it could be. It, it's a series of pipes. Uh, I hear that Mario knows a lot about them. So. so, Hashtag internet. Yes. So that is how season five is going to begin. And so I would like to thank Ron, Reed, and Joshi for joining me on our inaugural episode for season five. 
So again, I'll see you at E3. Yes, go back into your freezer. <laughs> and we will see you then. And for the rest of you, we will see you pretty soon. I'm Brian. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>